Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Don't hide it, let it shine. Let your light shine before people in such a way that you glorify your Father in heaven. What does that mean, to let your light shine before people so they will glorify your Father in heaven? Here at Living Brightly, we discuss scripture, current events, and life experiences to help you fill your lamp with oil and trim your wick so you too can be a bright light everywhere you go. To the people you live with, to the people you work with, the people you play with, and the people you worship with. These are your circles of influence where darkness and chaos try to deceive, disrupt, and destroy. But darkness doesn't exist where there is light. So welcome to Living Brightly, where you learn to burn bright as an individual. And together, we become a city on a hill, lighting the way for all who seek him. Let's get started. Well, this is Elaine Cross. This is Living Brightly, and I am pleased to be joined by really good friends, Ricky or Rochelle. How, how would you like to be named? Everyone calls me Rochelle now. Okay. <laughs> or Ricky. Yeah. Or Ricky. Either one's fine. <laughs> well, you can tell I've known her for a long time because yeah. now she has her big girl name. <laughs> Rochelle and her husband, Chad, and my daughter, Monique. So why don't you all Hi. just... <laughs> Start with Monique here and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you know Jesus. Hey everyone, I'm Monique and I was uh, five years old. I went to kindergarten and now I'm 26 years old and now I have a job. And I know people that believe in God. Nice. nice. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. What do you do? I do dusting. Yeah. Painting. What's the sweeping? Uh-huh. Okay, Chad, tell us about you. Hello, I'm Chad, um, husband of Rochelle. Tell us where you are. <laughs> Not Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. I'm I want the name the and the address. <laughs> <laughs> So I actually am with the customer service uh, supervisory field. Um, been doing that for about three years. I'm a man of many trades. Not a job hopper by any chance, but uh, or by any caliber rather. But um, I came to know Jesus uh, when I was real little. My mom was religious. She would take us to, to church. Um, but I never really kind of understood the message. Uh, as I grew older, we really kind of stopped going as often. And then I met Rochelle, which... Uh, uh, she just opened me up completely and introduced me to Jesus, uh, so to speak. I mean, uh, because of her, she's just a light in our life, and she's really enriched our children, enriched me, and just made me a better person. And that's how I uh, became to know Jesus. Nice. You're nice. so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Rochelle, and I work in human resources. I really enjoy human resources, that line of work. And... I came to know Jesus. My parents were awesome. They took us to church as we were when we were kids. And then in high school, I joined Young Life uh-huh. and uh, Madison and Whitney and all of them. We just, I feel like for all of us, it really helped grow and mature our faith. It's probably a better, Absolutely. better word for it. And it really made it your own. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think like in college in the 20s and everything, it was... Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but maybe figuring it out on our own uh-huh. type of a thing. 
if that makes sense. And then once having kids, like my faith just matured even more. Right. And it's been sustainable, maybe is a better word for that. Right. Whereas I think in high school and in the 20s, it kind of like ebbed and flowed. uh, Yeah, ebbed and flowed. And now it's just all that I want to do. Jesus is all I want to think about and talk about and listen to. And that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not everybody has the foundation of going to church as kids. Not everybody has the foundation of parents who are believers. Mm -hmm. And yet, even if you do. Even if you have that background and your parents are diligent and take you to church and take you to Bible school and you do vacation Bible school, you can do all that. You can go to private school. At some point, you have to make him your own. At some point, you have to step up and say, you know what? This is for me. This isn't because my family does it. This isn't because my parents do it or my parents don't do it. This is something that's valuable to me. Mm-hmm. And that's a big first step, but that's a first step. There's a lot to the journey after yeah. that, isn't there? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's really just the first beginning. Mm -hmm. And that's exciting. And it's always, you know, it's fresh and new, like anything. You know, there's that that honeymoon phase where you want to know everything, you want to grow. And having a structure, young life, Mm -hmm. young life is is powerful. Yeah, it was so good. I'm so grateful to have had the experience with young life that I had. And I don't know if the school district that our kids are in have it. I hope that they do. Mm -hmm. Right. I feel like I should look into that. <laughs> well, you could always start one. Oh, we could start one. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what an impact for your community. Oh, I mean, yeah. your kids are, what, seven years away from high school? Yeah. Something about that. Mm-hmm. So you have time to yeah. figure mm-hmm. it out and consider it. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming you're going to be in the same place you're at because yeah. you guys are pretty grounded where you yeah. live right now. But having children... How did that impact your idea of what Jesus has done for you? I think just seeing that, uh, just seeing the growth and just development and just how, you know, along the way, you always kind of have that help uh, to keep you kind of structured. Mm-hmm. I think that that plays a lot, a big role in everything. I think that uh, just Jesus has kept us grounded through those hard times. I mean, we've had... Uh, one of our children has <laughs> a, a lot of like Medical health issues, issues yeah, right? and things like that. And I think just having that that prayer and that faith and hope, knowing that this will pass and it's just temporary, that definitely helps um, uh, with sure. stress. And well, especially when you have something like that going on, I often say I can't imagine going through the trials of life and not having the hope of Christ, right? Not having that anchor that steadiness in the storm to kind of refocus you and remind you that mm-hmm. all is not lost you know mm-hmm. um yeah that's huge i heard another quote recently was like you in, as christians we always talk about our walk with uh-huh. the lord and how far can your walk go are you going to walk around the block and be tired or are you going to walk 12 miles with jesus as he's you know he walked everywhere right and that really stuck with me like am i going to Give up on him when something inconveniences me, like I oh, have in the past. <laughs> that's, that's powerful. Yeah, that's right? that or really I... that really is a, a representation of our journey, isn't it? Yes. Because we do we get we get tired, mm-hmm. or we get impatient, mm-hmm. or we get anxious, and we want to fix it. Right? We want to come up with our own solution. Oh, right, right, right. And just talking about rest, I read this book probably two years ago called "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry." 
And Ooh. it has been such a powerful book. Probably I've given it away to more people than I've given any other book away. Uh, oh, I'd love to read it. You'll have it to. is so good. John Mark Comer is the uh, he's a pastor who wrote it, and he talks about his own journey of building a megachurch and then crashing. Sure, sure. And he had to start having a Sabbath. And there's a similar book called To Hell with the Hustle. Nice. And it's a faith-based book, even though they, right, we're joking right. around about having a cuss word in the title, right? <laughs> right. But it's actually like sending hustle to hell. Like it's right, supposed to right. be, it's a play on words. But um, the two of them did a podcast and it's going a few years old, but I just listened to the whole series like last week. And then just talk about turning off your phone for a while and right. parenting your phone, not letting your phone parent you. and. <clears throat> Some really powerful things, and I don't know how we just jumped to this topic right now, but we were talking about rest right before. Yes, and that's been really powerful. And we don't we don't take a Sabbath all the time, but it's usually just we don't have any plans, so I just call it a Sabbath. Sure, <laughs> sure. We're gonna we're gonna rest a little bit. Right. It's it's so important to unplug and mm-hmm. disconnect and let some stuff go. Mm-hmm. How do you unplug, Monique? How do you rest sometimes? And, and know Jesus in the process. Well, when I get tired of doing hard things, I go and take a nap in my bed. That's what I do. Recharge my batteries. Recharge your batteries. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's important because our body needs rest, doesn't it? Our body actually needs more sleep than we often let it have. Do you give your body enough sleep? Yeah, a lot of sleep. Yeah. I know when I don't sleep well, just that little component of rest. Mm-hmm. When I don't sleep well, my day is more hurried. My mind is more anxious. I'm, uh, you know, maybe sloppier yeah. with what I do, or you know, it impacts me in very different ways. But that alone is important. And I hear these stories of people. I think Donald Trump said he only sleeps like five hours of sleep at night, and has only has done that for years and years wow. and years. It's like, how do you sustain that? Right. How how do you just keep going like that? I just don't understand how your body doesn't shut down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I would, I would end up taking a day and just spending yeah. it in bed. <laughs> That's actually a quote from the book: "Is if you if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you hurry." Mm. And that I would know when I'm in a hurry, I am not patient. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <honey. laughs> Chad's got big eyes and he's shaking his head side to side. <laughs> I am not patient. I've really been into the fruit of the spirit and studying those lately. And I know if I'm in a hurry, that all goes out the window. Urgency is always from the devil. Mm -hmm. Urgency is always from our enemy. And I think that is so evident. You know, you you hear it in the sales world. You got to buy it now. You got to get it today or the sale's going to end. And it's like, I'm pretty sure the mattress is going to be on sale next Memorial Day. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really need a new one right now. Yes. And if I need it right now, then I'm going to do my due diligence and I'm going to search. But it's enticing, isn't it? I mean, the sales, the sales environment itself is designed to entice us to to buy and to buy now mm-hmm. and think about how that impacts in all of our life, not just the things we buy, but, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do it now. I want to, for me, it's reading a book. Yeah. I get into a book and I really like the book and it will 
take every extra minute of my day. It kind of cracks me up. I mean, I'll stand in the grocery line at the store and I'm reading my book because I have to, it's like I have to read it now because I want to know what happens. I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I know it's a weird little thing, isn't it? Yeah. But I don't normally read in the bathroom, but if I'm in the middle of a book, I take the book with me. <laughs> I take it everywhere. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that God has kind of revealed to me. And it's like, think of the urgency that you put into wanting to know what's going to happen next in this fiction story. What urgency do you put into my story? What urgency do you put into sharing my story? Yes. What would you like to share with us, Monique? People around us, like in Cleveland or Columbus, need to believe in God as well, too, not yeah. just us. Now, have you ever gone to work and told the people at work about Jesus? Uh, not attemptively, but maybe. I haven't done it in a long time. Because I thought maybe you had done that before. No, but I can give it a try tomorrow. Well, you can if you want to, if, if it, God inspires you to. Hmm. What was the last way that you noticed God blessing you? Well... He blessed me with my skin is because I don't get sunburned more lately than you guys get sunburned. Because <laughs> you guys really got. Yeah, I get sunburned really easy. I was like, if I'm anywhere, like, he blesses me with my skin. Saves me from getting blessing. burned. That's nice. I love that blessing. I know. <laughs> Try being Irish. <laughs> I know. Burn quick. I love it. It's March. It's not like. But hey, if you go for a bike ride and you have no one to talk to, you just say, "Hey, I want to go for a bike ride with my little buddy," and she say, "Yeah, let's go for a bike ride." Yeah. Yep. That's easy for you. Yeah, I have, I have four kids, and three of them are like me. You know, if I look at the sun, I get sunburned. If I drive down the road with my windows up, I get sunburned. And people will tell you you can't get sunburned through a car door because it's got UV coating or whatever. It's a lie. Oh, it is a lie. I have gotten burnt many times through the window of the car. <laughs> I mean, I get burned all the time, especially in the spring. And Monique is the only one. She doesn't really burn. She tans. She, okay. I, mean, we do, I do tan sometimes, but... When I'm out in the wilderness, like my swimming pool, ugh, I can't stand it no more. I get sunburn on my shoulders. Yeah, we do still <laughs> and when, sunscreen, but it's when my is urgent. Or yeah. someone comes to hug me, I was like, ouch, watch the burn, they're burn on my shoulders. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> water is tricky. Water, yeah. we get burned if you're by water, for sure. Yeah. Our ruby tans so good. Yeah. She's got the best skin for tanning, and then she's yeah. just this little tan little blonde girl running around all summer. <laughs> With her curly hair. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> now, if I had better sunscreen, I'd be a lot better than getting sunburned. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's nice, though, that you recognize your skin is a blessing. Yeah. It's such a it's the largest organ in your body. Yeah. And we don't even think about it very right. much, right? We just, it's there. It, it contains everything within us and protects it. And Take just, it for granted. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> totally do. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. I love that. 
So we, um, before we got started, we I went over what Living Brightly stands for, or Brightly, anyway. And um, just as a recap, for those of you who maybe don't know, there is eight podcasts that you can listen to that define what Living Brightly stands for. And you can find those on ElaineCross.com, and they are on the front page Right there, it says start here. That's where you can start. And you'll, there's about 20 minutes long or so. First one is believe. What do you believe? And we talked about testimonies a little bit already. Identifying what you believe and making a foundation there. It's like, this is where we start, right? This is what I believe. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast and find value in what you hear, all I ask is you turn that value into a number and go to ElaineCross.com and make a donation. I freely provide my time, talent, and treasure to publish it, but I need your help to continue to provide this for you. I know people need to hear this, so I won't set up a paywall or subscription level. I refuse to be beholden to advertising corporations that control the content. You are who I want to serve. So help produce the next episode to spark the light in someone else to push back against the chaos of darkness, one person at a time. Go to ElaineCross.com, that's E-L-A-Y-N-E, cross as in Jesus died on the cross, dot com, and make a donation. Then send a note to me at donation at ElaineCross.com. Let's continue. When you make a profession to believe in Jesus and to follow God, and this is what I'm going to do, it kind of puts a constraint on you, doesn't it? And it's hard because in in today's society, it's all about compassion and tolerance and kind of like letting, and and I'm not saying you can't let people be people. You know, people are going to make their own choice, but it makes it difficult to be a believer who believes in God, believes that the Bible is the word of God and is truth, and be in the world. And you guys all work in the world. You work with unbelievers. You work. You both work in large corporations that have multiple employees and multiple locations. You both are in a quasi-supervisory role. You have to interact with subordinates and superiors, kind of that in-between position. So how does that play out as a believer for you? What kind of ways do you bring Jesus in and let your light shine with not even necessarily mentioning God, but being a true believer in a dark space, knowing you may be the only light there? Yeah. Do you have any uh, stories or things you'd like to share? I do. I want to go first. Okay. So (laughs) I have two things. And I'm going to go back to Fruit of the Spirit. Okay. So I work in HR. I make a lot of decisions for employees, like basic hiring, firing, benefits, disciplinary, schedule changes. That's a big one right now. <laughs> from work is like, yeah. Um, a lot of decisions that impact a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I have recently decided to do that huh? all with the fruit of the spirit. And so if I need to have a hard conversation with somebody, I'm going to do it with kindness, and I'm going to do it with gentleness, and I'm going to do it with patience. And um, that, I feel like, has been a just total game changer on the way I try to lead people. Uh Uh-huh. And, yeah, it's just been really good. So I actually printed the Fruit of the Spirit. I found this picture online, and I've got it sticking to my computer at work. Nice. And every day I, at 1230, I have this, like, pop-up that comes on my phone. It says, uh, reminder, t- 
to practice kneeling prayer. And if I can kneel, then I will. Usually I can't. So I just sit there. I close my eyes really quick or I put my hands up like this, like I'm receiving something. And I just say, Lord, thank you for letting me join your work in this world. And please order the rest of my day in fruit. Or I'll say, if I'm struggling with one in particular, I'll say, order the rest of my day in patience for the people we serve. Or if I know I have to have a really hard conversation, please order the rest of my day in patience or love, joy for the people we serve, both at work and then at home. I usually repeat that prayer when I'm about to pick up the kids or I'm about to go home because there's like a whole nother part of the day. Right. And I need that constant. Right. So, well, because what you need at work might be different than what you need yes. at home, right? When yeah. you deal with three kids under 10 or whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting. I mean, just saying that it's like the fruit of the spirit could be applied there and at work and wherever you are. Right. So right. that's been new, relatively new for me, but I'm really... that's a great way to kind of refocus. Yeah. You know, I have other alerts on my phone. I've not thought of putting an alert on my phone. Yeah. Remember to refocus. Yeah. And kind of take that time. You can speak a little bit more now, and then you will we'll sign off, okay? So what else do you want to share with us? How do you represent Jesus where you go to work? Are you kind? Are you patient? Are you loving? How do you represent Jesus to the people that you work with? I clean the tables, and I clean the mirrors and the windows. That's good. That's done something for God. Service. Acts of service, yeah. That's good. Yeah. You wash your hands and you bite. Right. No, that's good because it means you're making sure that you don't spread any germs or yeah. any mess around. But when you're doing work stuff that pays money, like tables, mirrors, and windows, yeah. And when you do those things, do you do them to the best of your ability? Yeah. Well, that's representing Jesus because Jesus doesn't slack off and just do messy work. He does good work. Yeah, I want to help him. Yeah. With my own hands. Do you bring joy to work? Uh, sometimes, not really. Oh, well, when I talk to the, your supervisor, she says you bring a lot of joy and a lot of light to work. Yeah. Yeah, she's talking to my, my boss. She's the supervisor. She's the one who says, keep doing this. You got this. Go for the money. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. Okay. I'll save the money up for when I'm going to see the point. What's I'm doing right now. Sounds like you're a good steward. I think now that I mentioned it, Lauren said something about going to see your point in August. Oh. So is there anything else you want to tell us, Monique, before we sign off? Well, if you get too weird out, like you want to do something, you just go say, hey, Lauren, I want to go exercise. And she say, yeah, sure, let's go exercise. We'll walk around the block and come back and like, oh, man, that feels good, exercising. <laughs> I got my exercise in. Well, exercising is good, too. We need to take care of this body that God gave us. Yeah. This has been fun. Yes. So... Thanks for joining us. And do you want to start or further develop a relationship with Jesus? Go to elainecross.com slash Jesus and download the free ebook, Connecting to Your True Power Source. It covers connecting with Jesus, choosing a Bible, how to pray, and finding a church home and more. Again, that's elainecross.com forward slash Jesus.
All right. Okay, now you said you had a second one. What's oh, your yes. second one? Okay, so it's so good. It's actually, I saw this at work a couple of years ago, and I just was like, yes, I want everybody, if everybody at work acted like this, it would be so amazing. So it's from Oprah's show, and I've never really watched Oprah's show. I just saw this video clip at during a work meeting. Okay. And she's interviewing this woman who wrote this book, and she says, you know, when your kids come in the room, what's the first thing they they see you doing? And she's mm-hmm. like, for my kids, it's usually I'm looking them up and down. Is your hair brushed? Is your shirt buttoned? Is <laughs> your teeth brushed? She's like, but what if they saw a smile and they felt welcomed and they saw this warmth about you and your kids were like, they're just, it's different when they see mom and mom's smiling and mom's happy to see me. So I try to do that with everybody especially the people at work. And if there's anybody who is not on the receiving end of that more than somebody else, it's this man right here. I'm sorry. (laughs) I love you so much. Thank you for loving me, even though I don't. My face doesn't light up every time I see you. It should. I don't even like saying this out loud. But if I'm being honest, there's one person in the world who doesn't get that. It would be you. But anyway, so back to work. (laughs) Is just when somebody walks into my office, instead of just like, lifting up my face and being like why are you standing here is that is that report done that i asked for like it's hey right like i'm so glad that you stopped by and you know how much that impacts people yes and you oh, have always does. been somebody who's been intentionally positive even yeah. if you weren't feeling positive that's yeah. always been a trait of yours that i have admired and everybody has kind of admired because we know you have bad days and yeah. yet you would never let us know that yeah. you always seem to be somebody who's positive or happy and, and you'd say well I'm just trying to have a positive outlook which you'd always tell me she's probably struggling about something but she's trying to keep her you know yeah because <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to focus on the bad yeah, right um but to hear you say that you're now kind of not just waiting for an opportunity to respond but you're starting yeah. with positive and it's come almost like setting the atmosphere yes just setting it up at work especially Imagine how the world would be different if every Christian just did that. Yeah. Just decided that I'm going to be happy and excited to see anyone. Yeah. Um, Because we know every person that walks the face of the earth is touched by God. Mm -hmm. God created them. They're a child of God. Whether they love God or know God or not, Mm -hmm. God put them on this earth. And if it was Jesus, how would you respond? Well, there's a part of Jesus in them. Mm-hmm. You know, God made them to have a relationship with him as much as you do. Yeah. And to act that way. Because Christians can be some grumpy people. Oh, I know. Right? I know waitresses who refuse to work on Sunday because they get crappy tips mm-hmm. and they get attitude and they get food sent back and they get all this extra work. And it's all Christians that are showing up right. for lunch. Yeah. That's awful. If we just had that... Decision. Make a decision to be excited. Yeah. I'm reading this other book right now. It's called the oh, – what is it called? It's in my purse. It's the yellow book. It's a little yellow mm-hmm. book. It was written in the 70s. It's like, like the language this. I wouldn't have ever thought is – I feel like I'm a pretty smart person, but even like 1970s writing is so much different than mm-hmm. modern writing Right. that right. – it's sometimes it's very hard to follow. But anyway, it's called um, the, the Joy of Christ or the Happiness of Christ. Mm. And it's all about, like, if you close your eyes right now and think, picture Jesus. Is he smiling? 
mm-hmm. your image, in your mental image. Is right, he smiling? Yeah. For me, he, he's not. Okay. And the point is that Jesus was a fun – he was a fun person to be around, and he was funny. Like the speck in your eye or in some translations is the log in your eye. Uh-huh. Like that's funny. Right. And the author originally shared that story with his four-year-old at the time, and the four-year-old just started laughing. Like <laughs> – a log in somebody's eye? What? That's right. so funny. And that's when the author was like, I guess that is kind of funny. And he started exploring how Jesus was a happy guy. Right. And if all Christians were happier, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we were fun to be around, right. maybe we'd have more Christians. I laughed like a four-year-old about that one, too. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a dad joke, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. <laughs> I did go to a comedy club. Um, My cousin retired from the Air Force, and we all, I went with my mom to see her in Texas. And part of the celebration, she loves comedy. And we went to a a comedy act, and there was a, one of the comedians did a whole shtick, his whole show, his whole like 20 minutes, the whole time he had was about the Garden of Eden. And it just, I was roaring. I think I was the loudest person in the room. <laughs> and maybe it was designed for a certain, you know, audience. I don't right. know. But it was just so funny because it's so, it, in a lot of ways, we get so serious about stuff. And, yeah, God's fun. He wants us to have fun. You know, he wants us to stand out from the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think grumpy stands out well. No. I don't think it 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 sells well either. Mm-hmm. Right? But and this man, I just have to go back and say that this man sees me and my grumpiest and my he's usually on the receiving end of my meanest, but he loves me anyway and I love you and I'm sorry I'm not proud of that, but he's probably sitting over there like you do all of that. What? <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> See, I knew it. I'm just kidding. She's wonderful. She really is. Um, for the amount of grumpiness that you do have sometimes, your positivity wow. outweighs okay. that. Oh, that's a good thing. It does. It is. It is. And you always lit up a room. You're always smiling. Oh, I love you. Love you. Do you have an example of a way that you try to bring Christ through you to work? Not necessarily proselytizing or anything like that. You know, like Ricky was saying, she she takes time during her day to pray, but she also has this positivity outlook, which we know she works on intently, um, even though it's usually a show, so fake it till you make it. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> you know, sometimes, right? And yeah. admittedly, she is a, a whole lot more in-depth than I am. Uh-huh. Um, with that being said, I, I think that I would definitely classify as an imperfect, well, we're all imperfect, but definitely the version of an imperfect Christian. Uh-huh. I try to do my best. Um, I come from a work uh, work background where there's a lot of different people that have different beliefs. Um, sure. And, and it's it's kind of hard to get on the conversation with someone that doesn't understand fully. Um, which so, is which is not necessarily appropriate at work. Which cor- is why correct. I was, which was why I was asking about how you show Christ without talking Christ. Absolutely. And and coming from that where right. everybody has different feelings and beliefs and stuff, the best thing that I can bring and I try to bring is positivity. I've been in some jobs before that it, the positivity is not there, and you can feel that in the culture. Sure. You really can feel that in depth in the culture. So I try to bring that to work. I try to make people see the bright side of things. It is difficult sometimes. Sure. But nevertheless, I mean, that's 
the best thing you can do sometimes for for anybody in a, in a work culture, especially a stressful environment like customer service or HR or you know just people service in general, um, whether it be waitressing or right. the many examples. So I think bringing that positivity is is good. Another way that actually Rochelle <laughs> kind of brought to me is uh, being a good steward of, of what you do. And that means, you know, putting your best foot forward every day, going in there doing above and beyond the job. Because uh, in reality, you're working for God. You're not working for a corporation. You know, right. anything you do, any kind of act, the services is for the Lord. Right, right. It reminds me of the scripture, and we've talked about it before, is uh, he was faithful and little. You know, can right. be tr- or who can be trusted with a little, little can be trusted with a lot. Right. And, I mean, I feel like for both of us that's been true in so many different aspects, but with work, and then he got promoted, and then, you know, just like, it, it's just so true. Right. Well, and both of you, like I said before, are kind of like in that middle management where you've got a lot of supervisors above you and a lot of subordinates below you. So you're kind of that jelly in the middle of the bread kind of thing, if you mm-hmm. look at it that way. Yeah. And if that jelly is sweet— that makes for a good sandwich, doesn't it? You know, if you can spread that joy a little bit from the inside out, you know, meaning being respectful and honoring and positive with your superiors, even when they're not so much to you, and downchained, being positive and respectful and honorable. Mm-hmm. You know, we think of honor as going up, always going up the ladder, but honor really comes down the ladder. Yeah, it's like you the know. first will be last. Yeah, and you have to set that stage, that expectation that, you know, yeah, we're going to get things wrong, we're going to get things right, but we're going to do the best we can. We're going to be a good steward of our time, of our talents, of our energies, how we spend them, how we use them. Mm -hmm. And that's been true for me, like, at home, too, just doing, like, household chores, like dishes and laundry. I find so much joy in that stuff now, whereas 10 years ago, it was like, ugh. But now it's just like... I just, I don't, I take my time, which is not like me. (laughs) I don't do things slow, but take care. And I even sometimes find myself praying over the clothes that I'm folding. Like, it's so good. Over the dishes that I'm doing and just try to do it with a good attitude. And, And sometimes we've had conversations before, like, why doesn't anybody else do it? I'm like, it doesn't bother me. So you don't need to be upset that I'm doing them again because it does not bother me right. to do them. Right. I remember good. when my kids were little, I would have the kids help pray during dinner. What, or help them say, well, tell me, name one thing you're thankful for. And one day Nathaniel said, I thank God for forks. Oh. And it's kind of like our skin, what Monique yes. was talking about. You know? How often do you think about the fact that we have a fork? Yeah. And there are lots of other places that use chopsticks or use their fingers or whatever. And I really like the fact that we have forks. Yes, they need washed when we're done using them. But I really am grateful that we have forks. That how somebody sweet. developed. How could I swirl my spaghetti if I didn't have a fork? Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love kids. That's such a sweet memory. Yeah, it's it's so good. Um, but taking the time, not going fast, being a good steward, being positive—what an easy way to bring light into this dark and crazy world we live in. This has been really good. Yes. This has been so fun. Unfortunately, we're out of time. I was hoping to get more than one episode in, but we are going to do this again. Yeah. And we're going to get, we're going to let Monty feed the kids and 
we'll talk. Okay. And that'll give us a lot more we'll time. do like a two-hour podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I like that because then I can break it up over yes. a couple and uh, get some good. Because we have lots of ideas we want to talk about yeah. and we haven't even touched base with yet. Yeah. So this is good. Yes. Thanks for having us. This is fun. Absolutely. Stay tuned for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it. So we're going to wrap today, but this has been good. And this is real life. This is living brightly. This is letting your light so shine that others may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. That's that I would do something that would turn somebody to God and say, thank God for that person. That is the goal of this podcast. So thanks for joining us. Till next time.